0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. Found my Bible. In that box. That's great. How's everybody doing this morning? Wow. This is my daughter. Who taught her that? All right, so, yeah, my life. My name is Lyndon Bontrager, one of the leaders here at Lighthouse. It is great to see you all here this morning. Thanks for coming out, braving the winter storm to come this morning. And if you didn't brave the winter storm and you're staying at home watching, thanks for watching. It's great. Good to have you here, too. Awesome. So, if you remember a couple Sundays ago, Clint, our lead pastor, who's not here this morning, he's on a little break. It's nice he shared a little bit about how he um, did some construction work with his dad and some of the tools that he used. And it turns out, I did too. Uh, Clint and I have extremely similar backgrounds. We're both from tiny little Mennonite communities, Mennonite churches. Um, We both worked in construction for our dads with our brothers. We're both really amazing Oh, he's really amazing, and we both actually, believe it or not, we both share the same birthday. That's kind of fun. February 19th, put it in your calendars, and uh, only Clint's birthday was way before mine. Definitely way, 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 <laughs> way before mine. So again, I started out in construction and working with my dad and my brother, and uh, I was a grunt. That's basically what I did. I was a gopher. Go for this, go for that. We didn't have a forklift. Well, we did have a forklift. It was me. I moved piles of lumber from here to there. And so what now, Dad? We'll move it over here now. Okay, Dad, gotcha. Uh, I would sweep floors. I would clean up. I would burn trash, organize things. Didn't do anything terribly crazy at first. That's how I started, right? And uh, one thing that I did have was something was this. This is a hammer. I think we all know that. A hammer is an amazing tool for a carpenter, for a construction worker. It's a very essential tool. It's also a very basic tool. There's not much to it. It's just a piece of steel, really. Some of them are steel heads with wooden handles. It's a piece of metal on a stick. And you you pound nails in with it, right? That's probably one of the main functions of a hammer, for hammering nails. Right? You also can pull nails, right? You can um, pry things with it, move things with it, hit things with it really hard just to get them to move. My dad also taught me the back scratcher. <laughs> oh, just give me a minute. That's pretty good. <laughs> that still comes in handy. But if, again, it can do a lot of things, but it's very basic. Okay, there's, again, there's not much to it. You won't find a carpenter without one. They're very basic. You've got to have them. Something else, though, that came along in the line of tools over the years was something a little, quite a bit more um, substantial, not quite as basic, but it does the same thing. You might be knowing where I'm going with this. It is a nail gun. Now, if you're worried about liabilities that I'm going to shoot someone, it's not plugged in. I can't shoot anyone this morning, so don't worry about that. Um, this thing is quite amazing this revolutionized the construction industry right and they're still out there today i remember my dad was pretty old school he remembered he told me when they started coming out with nail guns that they didn't want to switch to those because that that felt too like factory work and they were constru- they were custom home builders but he re- he eventually gave in and bought all the nail guns because you have to have them they they speed things up so much they take the basic process of putting a nail in and they take it and they make it beautifully fast. It's amazing. They're very dangerous, you gotta be careful. We've had a few accidents here and there. Um, my dad had an interesting one, but it's, that's another story. Um, I still remember the day vividly. I remember the house that my brother and I were working on when my dad said, okay, Lyndon, I think he was probably like, he's probably gonna kill himself, but just let him do it anyway, said, you can start using the nail gun. <sighs> And that was amazing for me. I remember, wow, I've arrived. I'm a man now. I can use a nail gun. Probably he just wanted me to speed up. So uh, I got to use the nail gun for the first time. And it it was amazing. Changed my life. But again, it's doing the same thing that the hammer can do, just faster. So hold that thought a little bit. The message series we're in today, this week, these past few weeks, is called Teach Us to Pray. It's based off the Lord's Prayer, and our scripture comes from here. It's Luke 11, 1. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And his response to them is what we know today as, the Lord's Prayer, and that's what we're talking about. We've, we've been dissecting the Lord's Prayer phrase by phrase over the past few weeks. And If you, if you were here last week, if you heard the message last week, uh, Clint was talking about, um, what was it? <laughs> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Great message. If you missed it or if you're intrigued, check out the website and, and, and watch it. It was really good. Um, so now, if you want, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew, chapter 6. It's going to be on the screens as well. If you're wondering where Matthew is, it's the first book in the New Testament. So again, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to add the next phrase into the Lord's Prayer. It says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread give us today our daily bread there's a lot of significance there so on that note well we're not quite there yet sorry so so bread i'm thinking wrong bread i'm hungry right now bread um, give us today our daily bread bread is really good i love bread any bread lovers in the room okay are there gluten-free bread lovers How do you love gluten-free bread? Is there such a thing? I don't know, if you have to do the gluten-free thing, I apologize, I'm sorry. We're gonna talk about bread just a little bit. Bread is amazing, a fresh loaf of bread. My wife has a killer recipe for kind of a sourdough, fresh, oh, it's so good, straight out of the oven, it just melts in your mouth, so good. But all that aside, it's really basic. It's a really basic um, food that accomplishes a need. And that need is to fill us up, right? Bread gets the job done of filling our bellies, just like my basic hammer gets the job done of putting that nail in. Nothing flashy, nothing terribly fancy. It's like my truck. It just works. <laughs> it's, it's nothing glamorous. It's basic. It, it, it fulfills the need that we have. So on that note, the title of today's message is Give Us Our Daily Bread. We're looking deeper into what exactly Jesus was meaning when he said, here's how you should pray, and he prayed about our daily bread. Before we get into it, though, let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, we love you, and we thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the snow. It's pretty. Thank you that people got here safely. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would... Share with us this morning what you want to share. Use me, use my words to be your words this morning. May your name be glorified in this message. Thank you, Jesus. You pray, amen. So if you're following along in your handouts, we're ready for point number one. I've got a couple points. The first point is praying for bread is asking God to supply our daily needs. To supply our daily needs. Matthew six eleven again says, give us today our daily bread. So I'm often reminded of this painting when I think of this prayer. Any of you recognize that painting? Maybe, maybe some of you have it in your homes, or maybe you remember it in your grandparents' home like me. This painting was uh, in my grandparents' little sitting room. I remember loving to sit there and just kind of wonder what he was praying about or or thinking, wow, that guy's really holy. He prays fervently for a loaf of bread and some soup or whatever he's got. And that Bible is about as the size of Manhattan. Um, uh, but I remember thinking, oh, that bread looks so good, and and that's what the prayer is about: give us our daily bread. Yeah, it's food, and that's how I just understood it. But it wasn't too too much till too much too long ago that I realized. It's needs. It's not just our food. It's our our daily needs that Jesus was after. Needs. What are your needs? I'm talking needs, not wants. What are your needs this morning? Shout them out. What are some needs that we have to have right now? Cell phone? Okay. (laughs) What was that other one? Water. Water? Okay. Food and medicine? Gas? Anything else? Air. Thank you. I was holding my breath till you said that. Sleep? Grenadine? Oh, gravity. <laughs> hey, some people's needs are different than others, apparently. I don't know. Last service, people right away, coffee, and I was like, ooh, yes, that's, but, and we laugh and go, okay, thank you, that was great participation. Some of those, I would say, aren't necessarily needs to survive, but we had some needs in there. We need some oxygen, we need some water, we need some food, clothes, shelter, whatever. Those are some needs, okay? Did you know that Jesus wants us to ask him for those needs? Even, you can say, well, it's a given. Like, we need error. God knows he's going to, God knows we need it, so he's going to give it to us regardless, right? So why ask him? Why bug him? Well, what did Jesus say? He said, Matthew 6, 9, he said, this then is how you should pray. And he proceeded to say then, give us our daily bread. So if it's a given, why are we supposed to say it? Why are we supposed to pray for it? So as I was prepping for this message, I said, God, what? why are you asking us to ask you for stuff that's so basic as that? And here's what he told me. He said, so you don't forget about me. Okay. That's pretty basic. That's pretty simple. It makes sense. You see, when we ask God for our needs, we should be reminded that we need those Things in order to survive. And we should be also reminded that if it weren't for God, we wouldn't have those things, okay? <laughs> we don't make our own oxygen. Well, I mean, some machines might do, but we, we, there are oxi- there's oxygen in this world that we have that we can live off of, okay? I also submit to you that when we ask God to fulfill our daily needs and give us our daily bread, That should help us to know that it is an absolute privilege to receive what he gives us and blesses us with daily. Does that make sense? It's silly to think that we can just create our own oxygen so that we can be self, uh, what is it called? Self-sufficient, thank you. (laughs) Exactly, appreciate that. Um, It doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up. So trusting God to provide for us what he knows we need is a big deal. Now, if we forget to ask God for, to give us the air to breathe, I don't think he's going to revoke it from us. <laughs> you didn't ask it, so you're not going to get it. Um, I, I don't think God's going to work that way. But when we stop and take the time to ask him for those basic daily needs, we should, re, we should be reminded just how much we absolutely need God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So it's important to ask God for our needs. Has anyone ever stopped and wondered um, why they didn't have something that they absolutely needed? Okay, let's bring this to real life here. So paying your bills, okay? now I'm not talking about bills like, oh, hey, we went on that Disney vacation. Now we got a $15,000 bill to pay. <laughs> I'm talking like your water bill or your grocery bill or to heat your house. And then um, I'm not sure how to make this work. It's not adding up. Anyone ever found yourself there? And first of all, I'm going to ask, and this is a slightly different topic, but first, let's, let's get to the root. Are you tithing? If you're not tithing and you're coming up short, I would highly recommend start tithing. Surrendering first your, your finances that God gives you, surrendering back to Him, and then see where you're at. But if you're still, after all that, and okay, what's going on, Lord? What, have you stopped and asked God to provide you with that need, to fulfill that need for you? If you found yourself in that situation, maybe just maybe you've, you've stopped asking God for help and you haven't taken the time to ask him to fulfill that particular need yet. James says this and James 4 says, do not, you do not have because you do not ask God. Okay. And Jesus specifically told us to ask God for our daily bread. I believe he also wants us to present to him our daily, our heart's desires as well. Not just, hey God, I need oxygen today. Please give me that. I need food. I need your help today. Give me that. Like, tell him what you want. And it shouldn't be hard for us either. It really shouldn't. The world emphasizes sitting on Santa's lap and asking Santa for what we want, right? Um, hey, Santa, I want a Red Rider, whatever, you know, I, bad example. But anyway, that's cute if you're a little kid, but let's face reality here. There, Santa's not going to give us oxygen or, uh, spoiler alert, Santa's not real. So anyway, we're, uh, we, we, get, we need to ask God. For, our, for what we need, okay? And for what we want as well. I'm not up here preaching a prosperity gospel message. That's not what this is about at all. If you ask God for what you need, you're going to get what you want. You know, that's, that's not what we're doing. Just because we ask God for something we want does not mean we're going to get it. James does goes on, goes on to say then in verse 3 of chapter 4, he says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So we can just see that it's, it's, it's a heart issue. So about um, 19 years ago, Krista, my wife and I, we moved to Nicaragua and we lived there for a couple years. And that's when I really started to understand more basic needs. Um, we were at this little church and people would come and they'd stand up and ask for prayer, just these little humble requests. And I remember specifically this little old man And they asked for prayer that the sun would shine (laughs) so that his clothes could dry. And it's like, wow. And I I think I remember, like, I had a horrible response, like, get some clothes, like, what a jerk, you know? But I was still realizing what it meant, like, what kind of poverty these people were in. Because I didn't have those needs like he did, but that was a very basic need that he was asking God to take care of for him. You see, when you don't have any clothes and you only have just a few bit, few part, um, articles of clothing and it's in the rainy season, sometimes the sun just does not shine all day long. And, it, and if you wash your clothes and you don't have a dryer like us wealthy folks do, you have to dry them in the air, okay? His dilemma was that his clothes were not drying and he had to keep wearing his dirty clothes and it was humiliating, and not fun. So he's like, Lord, please make the sun shine, dry my clothes. And asking for this prayer in church, that's, that's great, it's awesome. Present your requests to God. Give us today our daily bread. I have never heard that prayer request here at Lighthouse Vineyard. Um, I know we're not, we might not be rich, but we're, we're a very blessed nation, and we, it's something to be thankful for. So not, and to, it reminds us to not just ask God for our daily needs, but to thank God for our daily needs that he gives us Daily. Give God your needs list, your wants list, and let him handle it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I Guarantee you, he will take care of you. He will take care of me. I'm talking to myself here as a good reminder. Later on then in Philippians, he goes on to say, in, in verse 19, he said, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, if you think your need is to win, you you should have won that lottery ticket. Um, If any of you won that lottery ticket and you're still here this morning, then that's on you. But um, the verse says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's not saying he will grant you all your desires. He will meet all your needs. I love the promise that we have in the Bible, that promise. How God meets our needs may not always line up with how we want him to meet our needs, but I guarantee you he will, and it's fair. He will meet all of our daily needs. So that's point number one, praying for bread is asking God to supply our daily needs. Number two, praying for bread is asking God to supply our needs daily. Daily, our needs are provided for when we ask God to provide our needs. Matthew six eleven again says, give us today, today. Jesus didn't say give us tomorrow, our daily bread. He said give us today, our daily bread. I think that's a really big deal and I think there's a lot of significance in that word today and daily. There's a verse in the Bible, Psalm one nineteen one o five, 105 that says, Uh, He talks about the word of God being a lamp to our feet and a light for our path, light on my path. If you're outside at night and it's like it's pitch dark, no moon, and you have a lamp, that lamp is not a a spotlight or whatever. I mean, that, that shows you what you need to see right around you, okay? And you can walk safely with that lamp, okay? That's, I think, exactly what Jesus was getting at when he said, when he prayed for daily bread, our daily needs will be met. It means it's just what we need, just when we need it. It's just in time. <laughs> just in time, those three words. There's, uh, that's kind of a, a phrase in the manufacturing world these days. Many manufacturers are switching more towards just in time um, uh, manufacturing. It's basically you lower your inventory levels, and you have just what you need so that you can build just what you need to build just when you need to, right? It's, it's really smart financially to do that. Um, and my, my good friend Brad Mestock is an expert at this. That's his job, basically, where he works. And You ask him what he really thinks about just in time, uh, he'll tell you it's good. But I can also, I also will say he will probably say that it's a, little, it can be a little stressful, because you don't have a humongous supply of parts to pull from whenever you want. And um, having all those parts on hand might not be wise financially, but it helps people feel comfortable because I have what I need all the time. And that's just the, that's the word, it's the comfortable thing to do. So we like to plan ahead. We human beings love to know what's around the corner. And we, we love to be able to plan far out and because like, yes, I knew that was coming. We love to be comfortable, don't we? I do. I love being comfortable. Here's a very profound phrase right here. You ready? Being comfortable is much more fun than being uncomfortable. I mean, it is. It's true, right? Unless you're crazy and you just love being uncomfortable all the time, but it's more fun just to be really comfortable. But I'm going to poke a little bit here. So when we're comfortable in life, When everything is so comfortable, what can tend to happen in our life? It's easier and easier to not depend on God. Everything is taken care of for us. What do you mean I'm supposed to ask God for help? I don't need help. I got everything I need right here. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need God. Just because you're comfortable, I'm not condemning you for being comfortable if you're comfortable today, but, but that can tend to happen if we're not careful. Having stocked refrigerators, freezers, cupboards, and pantries, oh, that's nice. I should know. I, I like to have that. I have a stocked freezer at home. Uh, I, I have cupboards and pantries that have food in them. It's nice, and it's good to plan ahead. I'm not saying don't plan ahead. It's a smart thing to do, it's a wise thing to do to have some food. You never know. never know when COVID's going to hit for the 15th time. you got to go get more toilet paper. Um, but we mustn't forget the importance of asking God for our daily bread and also thanking Him for our daily bread. So a few months ago, as many of you know, uh, I switched jobs. And I went from a job that I was really comfortable at. I'd been doing for about 12 years. And I went into, I started into a job where comfortable isn't the word that I would use to describe it. It's, uh, it's hard. It's very difficult. But it's really good. It is really good. And I've been scrambling every day from basically the day that I started learning. It's the steepest learning curve that I've had in a very long time. Next to learning Spanish, I think. Um, but it's been really good. And if you've been thinking, yeah, Lyndon's not the same anymore. Like, he doesn't remember to say hi sometimes. It's probably because I'm still reeling from the past week or for that past day or trying to think, I don't even know what's going on sometime when I come home from work. I'm just spent. But don't get me wrong, it is really good. So along with that new job change, we decided it would be a great time to buy a house. And if you've ever bought a house and moved and done all that work, I see some shaking of heads. It's, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And uh, I, we were starting to pull the trigger and go ahead with this stuff and, and make the moves to make this happen. And all I could think about was, I, I, I can't even process this right now because I'm, only cons- I'm fully consumed with what's going on at work. My wife looked at me and she's like, it's okay, we'll get it. I'm pretty emotional these days. <laughs> Bear with me. All right, um, and I said, God, I can't do this. Like, this is too much. The house needed, uh, it didn't need much, but it did. Like, it, if Looking back, it's like, wow, um, the basement wasn't finished fully, and that was weighing on me. Like, man, when are we going to finish that? Like, I've got the means to, construction guy, hammer things. Um, but I'm like, I don't have time anymore. Um, there were new flooring throughout, new, new paint throughout, new wall furnishings. Uh, furniture, and all that comes together it doesn't. It's not the easiest thing in the world. God blessed me with a very um, planning wife who's very good at handling all this stuff. She took care of that. God blessed us with an amazing friend who did most of the work for us. And and you're like we just closed on it on Monday, but all the work was done before we closed. How you say? great. Yeah, because you're not supposed to do anything to your house before you, go, you close on it. God blessed us with the transaction straight from heaven. That my wife and her friend, they, they met uh, the owner ahead of time, and he, he was like, you know, I, he was a Christian guy. He's like, I just feel like God's, like, I, I'm at peace with you guys. He let, that, he wasn't very smart. That wasn't very smart of him to do this. But he just listened to the Holy Spirit. He let us do all the work ahead of time. So when the day of closing came, everything was done, and we moved in. Just moved in. I mean, the big things didn't move themselves. I have some great friends and family that helped me move that stuff. Piano in the basement, good grief. What a... Yeah taking up a fund to buy one of these for my wife someday so we don't have to move pianos out of basements anymore. No, it. Ha, ha, he, he, it. All that time, I knew that I was going to be preaching this message on daily bread. And I was just kind of thinking, God, why do, you, why do you line stuff up like this? <laughs> he does it for a reason. And my daily prayer before my feet hit the floor... this past month has been give me my daily bread and god's been flexing something serious it's like you got it now his answer has not always been this luxurious like our house is awesome it's really cool we had a really small house it was fine we moved from tiny to luxurious overnight it was amazing god has blessed us like crazy It didn't, didn't come without some pain, but God has blessed us like crazy. It's I've been praying daily, like I said, for our daily bread. And God's been showing up and showing off. He gives the best gifts. Matthew 7:11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, I wish I could tell you right now that through all this time I've kept my cool. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that I haven't had a oh needed a little good cry. Just asked my wife. It's been tough. Not only were we doing all that, we were um, trying to get to some of Karis's um band performances, marching band. Didn't make them to all, I'm sorry. Jeremy had a birthday in there somewhere. We I don't <laughs> we kinda kind of fr- he got hosed on that. Um, <laughs> even though he did get a brand new house out of the deal, so um he has Taekwondo. we kind of trying to figure that out. I don't even know if we still have Meredith. Like, <laughs> Somewhere in all, all those details in there, everything came together so perfectly. And just in time, too. God loves. He just loves for us to get to the point where we absolutely have to depend on Him to show up. Otherwise, we can't do it. And He's like, here you go. My plan is the best. It's amazing. I asked God to help me out, and he did. Here's a short story online that I read about a lady named Vanitha Risner. She suffers from post-polio syndrome, and she's never sure if some new pain is, is a daily setback or the new normal. And one particular day, her arms just completely gave out and she couldn't even get herself ready for the day. And she cried out to God. She said, I can't live like this for the rest of my life. I just can't do it. She then was quiet before God. She knew she needed to be still and listen. This is what, God heard, this is what she heard God say. This is your last fill-in. He said, I'm not asking you to live like this for the rest of your life. I'm just asking you to live like this today. God knows our capacity. He knows our every struggle. There are times where we feel overwhelmed. And I got to tell you, I've, I've felt like this lady. Like, God, I, what in the world? I, how am I going to do this for X amount of time yet? He's like, just live today. I got you for today. This is great. Yeah, he really is. He's there for us. Again, Jesus said, give us Today. Our daily bread. Give me that lamp to light my path. It's God's bread that sustains us for today. He doesn't give us weekly bread, monthly bread. I think his daily bread could be called daily grace. Thinking of that, Vanitha's story makes me think of these verses. Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. The irony, is here, the irony here is when we admit that we can't do it, God's like, yeah, I, I knew that. Thank you for admitting that because I can. <laughs> I can and I will. Just ask me. Here's another verse to remind us that God wants us to focus on his daily help. And this is soon after Jesus gave the, the Lord's prayer. In verse 34, he said, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Again, give us today our daily bread. Pretty sure if, we, if God would reveal to us what the, the future holds, we'd fall apart. We couldn't handle it. That's why he gives us daily grace, daily needs, daily bread. We need to remember that's a prayer for today, not for the future. It's today. It's a daily thing. Don't forget it. Make it your first prayer of the day. Give me my daily bread, Lord. So that's point number two, praying for bread is asking God to supply our needs daily. That's Matt.